It's time to check in with Doc Rob and the concierge for better living. We take a real, raw, inside look at healthier living while sharing great ideas and improvements for a better quality of life. The Concierge for Better Living will help informed, intrigued, and interested listeners like you make better choices for yourselves and your loved ones. CannabisRadio.com proudly presents The Concierge for Better Living with your host, Doc Rob. Hello and good day. This is Dr. Rob Streisfeld, Doc Rob, your host, Concierge for Better Living here at CannabisRadio.com and so many other great platforms. It's a wonderful day today. Thank you for joining us. Another great guest coming on. It's so interesting, you know, as this industry continues to evolve. And when I say industry, I'm talking about health, wellness, natural healing, uh, something I've been very passionate about. I mean, I always laugh that when I went to naturopathic college, uh, so over 20 years ago, no one knew what it was. I looked, I was looked at as a funny uh, decision versus going to an MD program. But I love the choices I make. And even when I graduated from a four-year naturopathic school, I was about to continue my journey and head to Australia. And I say that because Australia has naturopaths and naturopathic programs. They're not the same as the U.S., I'll be clear with that, a little different level of education, but it's great that they're accepted and acknowledged and there's a focus on healing using natural uh, and holistic approach. And so when it comes to studying, I've been a part of working with Australia. I have a a soil nutrient that I bring in from Australia, an organic soil nutrient. So I I love it. I can't wait to go there. But in this moment, it's my pleasure all the way from Australia to introduce our guest today, Ms. Tanya DeYoung. And um, Tanya, it's great to have you. I know it's a lot later out there in Australia. Great. Thank you for coming on and being a guest on today's show. Oh, it's an honor and a privilege. Thanks so much for having me. It's my privilege. It's just to give our listeners a little background on you. Um, you know, you've had quite a career to this point, and I just, you know, as a famous, award-winning, you know, singer, uh, soprano, an entrepreneur, done TED talks, started companies. I mean, you got. I mean, we're talking now in Australia. It's probably after midnight, so you have energy like no one's business. But um, today we're going to talk about. Uh, psychedelics, because even though this whole conversations, most of these conversations today start with cannabis, psychedelics are now um, you know, taking a major conversation note, and this is is done in different ways, from a recreational standpoint to a health professional, you know, therapy or integration. And I know that you've got this on the medical side, on the mental health, which is so key. Tell us a little bit about what you're doing in Australia um, with psychedelics and mind medicine Australia. Yeah, sure. So um, my husband and I founded Mind Medicine Australia um, at the start of 2019. And um, the goal really is to make sure that these medicines, and they are medicines, you know, incredible medicines, um, become available and accessible and affordable to all Australians who are suffering with mental illnesses, including depression, anxiety, end of life, stress, addictions, post-traumatic stress disorder, and so on, and that they become an integral part of the mental health medical system so that if you go to a medical practitioner, they are a first-line treatment and, and the doctor is presenting you with all the different op, you know, options like antidepressants or antipsychotics, psychotherapy, but then also psychedelic-assisted therapy so, and that they provide um, a full description of, of the benefits the drawbacks, the remission rates, 
you know, so that people are actually fully informed and can make their own choices about what's going to be best for them and, and to give doctors and psychiatrists some more tools in their toolbox because we have such a huge mental health epidemic here in Australia and we have one all over the world. But in Australia, one in five Australians before the COVID pandemic were suffering from a mental illness. One in eight Australians were on antidepressants with one in four older adults on antidepressants and kids as young as five being prescribed antidepressants and other psychiatric drugs, which is just shocking to even consider. Oh, yes. And then, you know, a rising rate of mental, you know, ill health and, and suicides coming out of those and, and an estimated one in two Australians with a serious mental health illness in their lifetimes. And of course, with the COVID crisis, these figures will escalate significantly. So, you know, this pandemic of mental illness is a far greater and longer term pandemic, which will affect many more young people. Uh, and something that we all need to work collectively together to make sure that innovation and treatment starts to become a huge priority because the current treatments are not working for the majority of patients. That's that's for sure. I think that you hit a lot of great, you know, topics or points there. Number one, as a healer, having as many tools in our tool belt is always a blessing to have additional options to go towards. And of course, being educated, um, both practitioner as well as patient, on how to best use these medicines, on the, the benefits and you know, there's some side effects or risks. You know, thankfully these are very safe for them, and when, especially when done <laughs> under medical treatment. Um, but like you said, this 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 COVID has just amplified the, an, an existing issue, and I see like you, did, you know, a ripple effect of this is just the beginning of the impact of you know lockdown, pandemic, the stress, the anxiety, and and with working on cannabis for so long and other natural remedies, it was very interesting for me to find research studies specifically as it pertained to antidepressant medications. Um, and I've mentioned this before, is that antidepressant medications actually um, stop and reduce the body's own production of positive beneficial compounds, um, you know, potential even you know, endocannabinoids that are producing the bliss molecules, the anandamides, things that make us feel better, give us, make us happy, help us process and get past depression, those antidepressant drugs seem to actually amplify it over time and make it worse. So then you need another medication or another medication, and they yeah, don't really yeah. get to the underlying problems and work through this as a, in a holistic model for overall improved health. And I think that's really key that what you're talking about, especially anywhere in the world, but if you're focusing on Australia where you're, you know, where you're at and um, you know, working at this from a medical need, uh, from a societal need, is, is really important. Well, that's right, because, you know, the current existing treatments, antidepressants and so on, are palliative treatments. You know, they're just patching up and, and in many cases numbing out patients and, and dulling receptors, whereas in actual fact, psychedelic-assisted therapy and psychedelic medicines are a curative medicine. That means that patients actually, you know, 60 to 80% of patients in current trials are going into remission and no longer qualify for a diagnosis of depression or PTSD after just two to three treatments in combination with psychotherapy, which is like just extraordinary when you consider, you know, 
<laughs> the remission rates of about 20% from antidepressants or or from antidepressants and psychotherapy, the maximum remission rates are about 35%. So this is a, a real hope and, um, and it's so important that we all work together yeah. to ensure that these medicines become available as soon as possible. I mean, this definitely, and I think what you said too, is combining it with psychotherapy. Um, again, I know there's some groups in the States here that are working on similar kind of efforts. Um, you know, I, I'm part of a group called Mr. Psychedelic Law, which is out of Florida, which is intended you know, to help educate and promote and regulate, legalize access to psychedelics, psilocybin and so forth in Florida. Um, we need to see this happening on so many levels. We need to have the, the patients or the people getting more educated and more involved and become more advocates. We need the health professionals, um, and I dealt with this just trying to break through some of the stigma of cannabis, uh, getting more of the health professionals on board, especially the mental health professionals, incorporating this into the therapies. And, uh, you know, of course, we need to get government and regulations and, and laws uh, decriminalizing and giving people access to it, even funding it, supporting it, subsidizing it. I mean, that's how we have to change, make change here on a large scale. And I think, um, you know, it's great that you've taken this on and, um, and, and obviously making some moves. We're going to come back and take a quick break. I'm going to learn a little bit more about Mind Medicine Australia, what you're doing and some of the, the specific psychedelics and some of the other uh, options and opportunities that we're seeing right now. Don't go anywhere. This is Doc Rob, your host, Concierge for Better Living. We're going to take a quick break uh, and come right back. Don't go anywhere. The Concierge for Better Living will continue in a moment. Elevate your every day with that Shuggies feeling with the sweet taste of Shuggies. Add a cup of Shuggies to your morning coffee. Ah, how sweet it is. Shuggies infuses cannabis and cane sugar to make it the perfect sweetener with benefits. Make your happy hour happier with a dunk of Shuggies in your drink. Order your Shuggies now at S-H-O-O-G-I-E-S dot com or find it in dispensaries throughout California. Whenever you crave a little sweet, pick up Shuggies, the sweet, sweet, take-anywhere treat. Vampire, a show dedicated to exploring the many potential therapeutic uses of the cannabis plant. Once a cornerstone of healing and now making a heroic comeback, cannabis has the potential to promote health and well-being, bring the body back to homostasis, and foster recovery for a healthier way of living. Empire focuses on a diverse range of serious health issues, presenting views ranging from those of patients and their loved ones through those of researchers and medical professionals. Welcome to Hempire. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. <laughs> they have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, smart pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart pots are BPA-free and lead-free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million smart pots have already been sold, so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com.
let's check back in with Doc Rob and the concierge for better living only on CannabisRadio.com. And we are back. This is Doc Rob, your host, having a wonderful conversation today with Tanya DeYoung, all the way from Australia. And Tanya, again, I appreciate you taking the time, especially so late. What is some of the barriers that we talked about before the break, you know, having to get this on a multi-pronged approach, we have to get everyone educated, everyone involved. But what are some of the things, you know, especially from the Australian perspective, how are you being, how's it being received from a government standpoint, an access standpoint? And then I want to, you know, once you get through that, I think it's always comes down to how do people, patients for that matter, um, you know, start to access it themselves? Well, you know, um, the most important thing I think is is to make sure that people focus on the science and, and, you know, the safety and effectiveness of these medicines and not the stigma. And so when I first um, heard about psilocybin and MDMA, I had no idea what they were because I never had any drugs in my whole life. Um, I thought drugs were bad, you know, and certainly those kind of drugs. <laughs> um, you know, I didn't even drink much alcohol. I don't even drink coffee. So um, when I first, you know, heard about these medicines, I thought, oh, God, you know, this sounds ridiculous. You know, is this going to destroy my brain? And even up to the time when I had my first guided psilocybin experience, which was four years ago, um, I was still thinking, oh, my God, you know, is this going to ruin my brain? Is this going to make me really sick? You know, and all this stuff was going around in my head because even though it's it's like peripheral, but it's it's somewhere, it's sitting there in the zeitgeist, you know, the, these sorts of comments that you've heard over the years. And um, so I think the most important thing has been for us to get the information out there about the science of these medicines to the medical profession, allied health, you know, to members of parliament and lawmakers and others and the general public, including obviously, you know, patients with lived experience and so on. And, and just start to educate doctor by doctor, politician by politician, <laughs> you know, and go through what the real facts about these medicines are and the fact of, you know, the incredible results that are being achieved through the trials and how prospective they are not only to treat these common mental illnesses, but the fact that these medicines are also now being trialled for treatment of anorexia and other eating disorders, dementia, Alzheimer's, obsessive compulsive disorder, cluster headaches. You know, it's, it's incredible when you consider the potential for these medicines to heal a variety of conditions. And of course, any of us who know a lot about psychedelics will know that, you know, over 50,000 patients in the 50s and 60s were healed from mm -hmm. a variety of conditions. And that research funding was stopped in 1970 when President Nixon had his war on drugs for political reasons, not scientific reasons. And the only drug that was left, um, you know, unprohibited, of course, was alcohol, which is by far the most dangerous drug to self and others. So, <laughs> you, know, yeah. you know, we're in a situation where it's incredibly important to keep educating people about the medicines. We've started chapters um, in metropolitan and rural and regional areas around Australia and New Zealand just to further educate and build awareness and 
you know, have events and screenings and just get people up the curve so they really understand these medicines. And that they start, you know, really demanding access to them because we have an incredibly interesting and diverse board and advisory panel. And on our board, we have the head of the Ethics Centre, Dr. Simon Longstaff, who's one of the most wise ethicists anywhere. And he says that it's unethical for these medicines to be withheld from the millions of people who are suffering. You know, if there's a cure for their illness, then they should be given access to the cure. I concur 100%. And I think that's a really great point that if there's something out there that can be, you know, provided to improve the quality of life, to improve health, uh, Again, science has been studying this for quite a while. We need to do more research, and there's going to be continually more research now um, as these categories start to get more uh, acceptance again back in society. Um, but yes, I agree. I mean, I think that um, I, I don't know if you we, a big uh, monumental decision in Canada recently. We had the mm. four terminally ill patients requesting right. access to psilocybin for end of life treatment and terminal care treatment, and mm. uh, thankfully, uh, Health Canada. Um, approved it. And I think that that was a huge yeah. milestone. And you expect to see Canada now hopefully shifting their perspective and their approach to psychedelics going forward, especially in that therapeutic. You know, I, I dealt with my own family that way. I, I was in a, yeah. watching my grandfather going to hospice saying, man, would I love to give him some microdosing right now with psilocybin? And, and, and yeah. it just all the social stigmas and the legal stigmas and family issues. And here I am going, yeah. I've studied this. I know what I'm doing. And, yeah. um, but it's something that we have to get more and more expensive. And I love that you're doing this kind of grassroots education approach. It's how we make things happen. We get there in front of people. Yeah, we no, educate we them. have to. You know, and, and, and really historically, you know, just recently some of the psychiatrists that we're working with in Australia have actually got um, SASB approvals to treat some of their patients, really treatment-resistant patients and veterans and others with psilocybin and MDMA. And this is quite historical. So... These are the first approvals for expanded access um, for use of these medicines in Australia, uh, similar to your special access scheme in, in the U.S. Or yeah, the John Hopkins access. is doing, yeah, exactly, more research. Yeah. And now we, we just had, and I had a recent guest on here, uh, a friend of mine from the industry, uh, Zappi, Michael Zappelin, um, he's been a big proponent and and documentaries and um and he has started something called Mind Army. And basically it was based on our Declaration of Independence was that we have the right to pursue happiness. And if these medicines help us uh, achieve happiness, especially with the rampant depression, anxiety, and social oh. constraint, if we have the ability to pursue happiness in this safe way, it is our right. And that we should decriminalize and legalize uh, or provide access to all these drugs, all these medicines for the right to pursue happiness. And I think that's something that global people could jump on that bandwagon and say, hey, we all deserve the right to feel better and be happier and live a higher quality of life. And if there's a safe way of doing that, um, we should have those that access. Well, you know, I think that comes down again to, you know, people standing up and expressing that. And, you know, we all as human beings need to, to step up at this point in history. It's absolutely critical because otherwise... <laughs> you know, the world's trajectory is not looking, not looking positive. And we have to remember, you know, that these medicines have been um, available and, you know, used uh, for tribal 
initiations for healing and spiritual growth and happiness since the beginning of human civilization in Greece, ancient Greece, Rome, in South America, you know, obviously legal in, in the Netherlands and, and Portugal. And it's just, it's just bizarre that, you know, some countries it's fine and others it's not <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, and they say that the, even the the origin of, of 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 religion may have been due to a spiritual psychedelic experience, and yeah. you know these are things that I think um, you know I, I just did a lecture on mushrooms specifically uh, for Canada World Expo, and I started with the culinary, and I went to functional from a health and promoting everyday kind of nutritional kind of approach, and then we talk about psychedelic and you know therapeutic aspects of it, and I look at this as look, there's a crossover here, there's I've always incorporated, you know, almost cannabis as a vegetable more so than a drug. Um, but anything can be compounds found in it. You know, like oranges, I look at as, as a fruit, but you can take vitamin C and now it's a supplement. You know, you know like ascorbic acid and isolate it. So there's going to always be these layers. Um, but I think at the end of the day, it's going to come to uh, the whole whole organism, whole plant, a better understanding, and of course, uh, access to quality medicines. I think that's going to be the key here is not just, you know, taking off the black market street drug kind of approach and make it into a more scientifically produced, quality controlled medicine, um, still hope, preferably in its natural whole form. That's my goal. But ideally, having a supply chain for doctors, for patients, for society to feel comfortable, even if they're doing small amounts, microdosing, still know that that dose is of quality. I think that's going to be something that comes, it's happening with cannabis. It's going to happen with various psychedelics as well. Mm, no, absolutely. I mean, I think um, the most important thing is just to keep building awareness and you're doing such a great job of that. <laughs> no, it, it's, it's again, it's a team effort. And I say that again, what you're doing over there, we want to incorporate, this is a global effort. Um, as I've said before, family in Holland have always joked about how we look at drugs. They say, hey, if it's clean, if it's safe, the government will allow you to take it because you have that, you know, self-right. But if it's not safe, if it's a, if it's a stamped on or uh, illicit or compromised product, they don't want this, the, 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 the people to take it. It's just a matter of common sense in my mindset. So I think that we all just need to realize this is a global effort. This is these are medicines, like you said, that have been around for thousands of years for all of humanity, and we just have to understand how they're going to be best applied in, in today's world and in a safe, uh, science-driven way. So I think that's a really great concept. So um, we're going to take one more break. Uh, again, these are those conversations that I'm sure we can talk for hours, but we're going to come back. We're going to talk a bit more with Tanya de Jong, and we're going to get some information on where to get support these efforts. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back at this quick break. This is Doc Rob, your concierge to better living here at Cannabis Radio. The concierge for better living will continue in a moment. Fortunate to have Michael Brewer of Brewer and Shipley. Your signature top 10 song, One Toke Over the Line. I've read a couple different versions of, of what the tune's origins are. What's the true story? We were playing a little club in Kansas City. A friend stopped by with some really good hash. We stepped out back and came back in. We we're tuning up in the dressing room, and Tom said, Man, I'm really one toke over the line. And I just cracked up. I thought it was hysterical. We literally wrote that song just entertaining ourselves and to make our friends laugh. It's time to Hem Present, only on Cannabis Radio. 
the cannabis industry is evolving at a radical pace, progressing toward the green peak. Each week, join Richard Zwicky, a cannabis visionary and entrepreneur, as he interviews experts from around the globe to discuss updates and evolutions in the world of cannabis. The, the Green, green peak, peak with Richard Zwicky. Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now About a game for your phone gonna make you say wow The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash Little by little your empire grows large Put the big celebrities inside your entourage You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Cheech and Chong Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong The name of the game is him pink, that's the point Download and play while you light yourself a joint Business and cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot-proofed by the man who run high times. Oh, yeah. Get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. Let's check back in with Doc Rob and the concierge for better living. Only on CannabisRadio.com. And we are back once again. We're going to have this last segment today of the show. We're talking about psychedelics, uh, health and mental health specifically. And, uh, you know, Ms. Tanya DeJong, what you're doing over there in Australia with Mind Medicine Australia is pretty amazing. It's really grassroots. It's getting the message out there. Uh, there's so many things we could talk about, as I said before, so many different uh, compounds fit under that psychedelic category from MDMA. We mentioned psilocybin, uh, ketamine treatments are seem to be uh, shifting people's mindsets in a, in a very uh, simple, but also medically guided way. Uh, I know there's more clinical trials being done now and science is, is stepping in fully to try to better understand these. Um, where can uh, our, our listeners, I mean, I know they want to learn more about you and, and what you're doing. It's uh pretty amazing when you're blazing through these uh this this, this new category but uh where can listeners uh go to learn more about you and what can they do you know if they want to help or get more involved yeah well look there's lots of ways to get involved um you know we're philanthropists um you know who put our money where our mouth is and um so we're donating our time and and funds to you know, make these available as soon as possible. And we can't do that alone. So we, you know, we're encouraging other philanthropists, large and small, you know, every every donation helps us to do this and then to follow us and, and look at our website. And we have a global summit planned now postponed to 2021 because of the current epidemic. But um, we also run regular free webinars, which are brilliant and, um, we also have launched the first um, certificate in psychedelic-assisted therapies in the Southern Hemisphere. So that's nice. also uh, really exciting. And um, people can follow us and, and connect with me. Our website's mindmedicineaustralia.org. And, um, you know, we'd love to hear from you. And, you know, also I, I forgot to mention, but, you know, I'm, I'm obviously, as you know, a singer and, so I'm also really big on creating beautiful playlists um, and working with voice and, and using uh, these medicines to also help people to just find greater creativity um, and to really reset their brains and create new neural pathways and, you know, start following their passions in life because life is short, so we want to make the best of this beautiful 
time here. I think it's great. I think you incorporating your passion uh, of music into this type of therapy, I think is, is tremendous. I think that I, I've worked with doctors for many years. Um, a French doctor I worked with, I don't know, 15 years ago had created a experience. So you'd, you'd sit in this chair and you'd watch this video for 20 minutes, but it was customized based on biofeedback. And the reason why I bring it up is because it incorporated uh, colors and shapes and mandalas, but one of the key components was sound and frequency yeah. and using different instruments. And everything she composed was her, I mean, all the music was her it wasn't like it was stock stuff or brought on from tape or recording. She had everything done for certain frequencies and vibrations. And, and it really was amazing to see how that amplified. And everything from gong meditations, if anyone's ever tried that, I've enjoyed that, the frequency of gong meditations. There's so cool ways to add in the, the therapy of music into healing. And I think that especially when you're talking about psychedelics, when you're in that state and your body and your mind is open and, and you're not overly concentrating on one thing, but those, the frequencies kind of can hit your body like waves and really make significant change or bring us to a state of calm that allows the medicines to work a little more effectively. So I think that's a great component. I'm glad you mentioned that of incorporating, um, you know, the music into your therapies for sure. Well, you know, music is such a, a fundamental part of psychedelic assisted therapy um, sessions. And, you know, many, many people who have the sessions report, you know, feeling like they're part of the the instruments or the choir or, you know, that that experience of synesthesia that occurs during during the use of these medicines is profound if you have the right, you know, music that's being played. And if the right music comes in at the right time, it can really amplify the experience of the emotional breakthroughs that people get. Yeah, if you ever watched a movie and didn't have a uh, orchestral soundtrack to it, I don't think people would enjoy it uh, nearly as well. You don't realize until you start to pay attention to it. I think the uh, amplification, the 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 rises, the bass, all the things that kind of stimulate even emotion and draw in a, a deeper connection to the to a movie. I think you're right on track there. Will draw in a deeper connection to uh, your medicine, to your experience. Um, I mean, again, this is something that is, is just something we're going to be exploring more and more. I'd love to see even more in that research of, 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 of guided treatments with or without music and some of the responses. I think this is a great area yeah, to complement. Yeah, you to know, complement without it. Music. Yeah. Without music would feel very strange. Yes. And again, I think that's, uh, if people don't realize till the soundtrack goes mute, <laughs> that, that how much it plays in there, even if it's subtle and you don't even notice it, it's there. And I think that that elevates, I think that with these type of treatments and in general, I mean, people use med uh, music to feel better, to uplift themselves. It's, it's a, a, a global language, we'll say. Uh, even if you don't understand the lyrics, you can feel the music and the, and the, and the energy and the vibe, and the, you know that's really important. So I, I really appreciate you coming on today. I know you've had a really long day. I love the sharing of the music and incorporating that. I, we're going we're gonna to attach some links when we post this up, some of your tracks, uh, in addition to some more information on how to connect with you, Tanya. This is so wonderful. I really wish you the best with my, uh, you know, your, your, your endeavors in Australia. Um, and uh, mindmedicineaustralia.org. People go check it out. I'd love to con you know, contribute and support and work within the summit when you get that going next year. Anything we can do on our end over here on this side of the, the ocean to help out. This is a global effort to promote and to support 
those looking to use psychedelics in a positive way to improve mental health. Thank you. Again. No, well, so, once we once we have the new dates for the summit, we'd love you to to share them with your listeners, and and we can hopefully talk again in the lead up anyway. Oh no, we'll definitely talk again. This is just the beginning. I'm going to stay uh, tuned into what you're up to over there in Australia. Hopefully, pay a visit once this travel, um, you know, bans and challenges get go away. I have some business to do over there, and now I have a whole other reason to connect with you, which is wonderful. I'm looking forward to it. Um, Thank you again for taking the time. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Uh, please, uh, if you have questions, we'll post links from social media, uh, emails. We'll make sure that you have questions for Tanya. We'll get you guys connected or for support My Medicine Australia, whether you're in Australia or otherwise, because this is a global uh, effort. We all need to get involved. And um, thank you, everyone at Canvas Radio, for helping make these shows possible. And, um, you know, again, for all you out there, stay healthy, stay happy, do what you can to have a better today than yesterday, and we'll work together to have a better tomorrow than today. And with that, I wish everyone all the best and health and happiness. Take care, be well. Opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.